The scripture reading today is from the book of Mark. Excuse me. Uh, Chapter 6, verses 30 through 44. Please rise if you are able. The apostles returned to Jesus and told them all they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of him, them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place, and now the hour is late. Send them away and go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. They sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And they sat before the people and divided the two fish among them all. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. Those who were, ate the loaves were 5,000 men. This is God's word. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures He leads me be quiet beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This is more than mere words. It describes the living reality of God's shepherding care of us through Jesus Christ. He is the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep, so that he might fulfill our every need, offer us rest in green pastures, and guide us in the paths of righteousness for his glory. This morning, we're going to see that shepherding care and hopefully apply it to our lives and to our shepherding of others. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that these words that we have taken comfort in so often, might become a living reality day to day through your spirit as you teach us about Jesus. In his name we pray, 
Amen. So two themes have been running through the Gospel of Mark. First, the identity of Jesus and the training of his disciples. They come together in Mark 6. The opening chapters of Mark establishes Jesus' identity as the long-awaited Messiah. He opened his ministry proclaiming, The kingdom of God is at hand, announcing that he himself is the Messiah who would bring that kingdom. He validated his claims by overpowering demonic forces, healing the sick, ruling nature, forgiving sins, and overcoming death. And each of these is but a taste of what the fullness of the kingdom will bring when Christ returns. In our passage, Jesus establishes himself as the long-awaited shepherd predicted in Isaiah 40. And the fulfillment of God's shepherding care described in Psalm 23. While Jesus doesn't outright declare, I am the good shepherd, as he does in the Gospel of John, Mark points us in that direction by showing us Jesus shepherded the crowd in the wilderness by feeding them bread, just as Moses shepherded the, his people in the wilderness through God's provision of manna. And this identity is reinforced in Jesus' observation as he looks at the crowd and says, they are like sheep without a shepherd. He will be their shepherd. But more so, that he is not just any shepherd. He is the shepherd of Psalm 23. This is implicit in Mark 6.39 where Jesus commands the people to sit on the green grass, mirroring Psalm 23 when it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. Mark is making that connection. Jesus is the embodiment of Psalm 23. All the comfort we feel as we read it is a reality as we experience Jesus' as shepherding care, type of care we see in Mark chapter 6. So Jesus had sent his disciples out two by two, giving them authority over demons and disease. They returned and reported the miracles they had performed, and soon they were engulfed by the masses of people seeking Jesus' miracles. So they decided that they would escape by going to an isolated place to, to get some rest. However, word got out and the crowd appeared. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Jesus offers himself as their shepherd. It begins with the depth of his compassion for them. His, his heart breaks over the fact that they are lost sheep wandering without a shepherd. He doesn't look at them and become frustrated and resentful because they're spoiling this getaway. His heart pours out for them. They need a shepherd. 
Now, there are many shepherds who were vying for their lives, their allegiance. In that day, it would be Pharisees leading them in paths of legalism, Sadducees leading them in paths of compromise, Herodians leading them in paths of hedonism, and Zealots leading them in paths of rebellion. You know, we have a lot of would-be shepherds today who seek our allegiance. They appear in the form of politicians, teachers, religious leaders, podcasters, commentators, influencers, and so on. We need to ask ourselves, who is my shepherd? It must be Jesus. Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves. If we're left on our own, we are going to wander, invariably go down the wrong paths into danger, and become the prey of those who seek to devour us. We don't know where the green pastures are, the quiet streams. We need the good shepherd to lead us to them. And Jesus shepherds the crowd by teaching and satisfying their needs. His teaching guides them in paths of righteousness, just as verse 2 of Psalm 23. And he feeds them, satisfying their every need, echoing, I shall not want when the Lord is my shepherd. So Jesus' teaching guides them into the paths of right living. His teaching is as miraculous as his multiplication of bread because his teaching comes from heaven, directly from God. He provides the direction and counsel we need. All the direction and counsel we get is earthly, limited or misguided, unless the source is Jesus himself. We need his direction, his counsel. When we master our profession, we learn the whys of the business, what to do, what not to do, who's it for, the purpose, the goal. Jesus' business is life, as ours should be. He teaches us the whys of life, what to do, what not to do, who's it for, the purpose of life, it's the goals we should have. Let him lead us into the paths of righteousness. His feeding provides all we need. Verses 41 to 42, and taking five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, he said a blessing, he broke the loaves, gave them to the disciples, set them before the people, he divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. They had no wants once Jesus ministered to them. See, today we, when we think of bread, we think of carbohydrates. In Jesus' day, you mentioned bread, they thought of life. For it was the substance of life. It was the nourishment they needed for life. Jesus provides enough to feed 5,000 men and perhaps even more women and children. 
And he provides enough, not just to have a morsel, but to completely satisfy them. Jesus offers us all that we need to be satisfied in life. In the Gospel of John alone, Jesus satisfies the needs of sinners by being the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He provides a divine identity to Peter. He provides knowledge of and full acceptance of Nathaniel. He's the way to God for Nicodemus, brings new life to a Samaritan woman, gives physical and spiritual sight to a blind man, resurrects Lazarus and provides those needed second chances for everyone who has failed. And we could go on. What is your need, your real need? Jesus can satisfy it. He came to bring us abundant life. He will satisfy it if we let him. If we abide in him, his love, in his words. So there are two themes that merge at this juncture of Mark. The identity of Jesus. He is the good shepherd and the training of his disciples, which he begins by modeling what a shepherd should be. He modeled the heart of the shepherd through his compassion, the guidance of the shepherd through his teaching, in the provision of the shepherd by multiplying life-giving bread. So the disciples need a model like that, just like we do, because they had a lot to learn. And so they became Jesus' students. Remember, Jesus sent them out on a mission. He gave them authority over satanic forces enabled them to perform miracles. They returned and they submitted their reports and we read in verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told them all they had done and taught. Did you catch that? They reported all they had done and taught. They were crediting the miracles to themselves they made no mention of what God was doing through them. So if they had been graded on this missional field education course, they would have received an A in obedience and an F in self-awareness. They needed another course in self-awareness, and Jesus gives it to them. Once they were engulfed by the masses, they didn't have enough time to eat, so they headed to the isolated place for rest. Now, God encourages us to have seasons of rest. We all need them. That's what the Sabbath is about, a, a day of rest each week. But on this occasion, God has another plan. When they got to the isolated place, a crowd met them. They went away in a boat to an isolate, to the desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognizing them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns, and they got there ahead of Jesus. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. The disciples must have been so downhearted. They were caught by surprise. This is not going to be a restful time. 
Jesus wasn't caught by surprise. He had the classroom he needed to teach his disciples. Their response to this unforeseen circumstances unearthed many of their shortcomings. We already saw their first shortcoming. They felt they'd arrived as shepherds as they reported all they had done and taught. So we see some other shortcomings in verses 35 through 36. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place and the hour's late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy something, buy themselves something to eat. At first glance, it appears the disciples are filled with compassion just like Jesus. Oh, they felt sorry for the crowd, their need for food, and that's a possibility. Or they saw an opportunity to get some rest, maybe some food, by sending the crowd away. But regardless of their motivations, they exposed their weaknesses in two ways. They put themselves above Jesus. They put themselves above Jesus by assuming he was insensitive to the needs of the people. By interrupting Jesus' agenda of his teaching for their own and by telling Jesus, actually commanding Jesus what to do. Go, send the people away. Their advice to send the people away uncovers another shortcoming, the lack of a shepherd's heart. They were in essence saying, these needy people should fend for themselves. They should go themselves and buy something to eat. Shepherds tend their flocks. They don't scatter them. They take the burdens of the sheep on their own shoulders. They don't send them away to wishing them the best. It's a reminder of James chapter 2, which reads, If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warm and be filled. Go into the city and buy food. Without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? And we should apply this same message to people's spiritual needs and their emotional burdens. The disciples were quick to say, go in peace, be warm and be filled because they didn't believe they had the resources to feed everyone. They looked at the crowd, the needs, they looked at themselves and said, we don't have it. They felt inadequate. That's right where they needed to be. Jesus confronts them with a sense of inadequacy so that they'll trust in him and not themselves. Verse 37, Jesus answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? So instead of focusing on their inadequacy, excuse me, jumped here. <laughs> so imagine their thoughts. 
you want us to feed all these people. That's ridiculous. It would cost 200 denarii. That's about nine months of salary because a denarii is equal to one day's wages. Uh, we don't have that kind of money. It's impossible for us to feed all those people. They had a short memory. They had just come back from performing miracles over demons, over the sick, doing the seemingly impossible. But now, they couldn't perform another miracle? No, of course not, because they weren't the source of the miracle. Jesus was. They realized they couldn't do anything in themselves, and that's a good thing. The bad thing is they failed to realize that Jesus could. As one pastor put it, they were standing next to Niagara Falls, wondering where they could get a glass of water to feed someone, to bring to someone who was thirsty. And so Jesus responds in verse 38. And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. So instead of focusing on their inadequacy, he has them look for what they could offer. They find five loaves of bread and two small fish, not enough to feed 10 people, but enough for Jesus to feed tens of thousands of people. So Jesus blesses the bread, breaks it, gives it to his disciples to pass around, and everyone eats until they are fully satisfied. Jesus is teaching them the most important shepherding lesson. Jesus can do it. Trust in him, not yourselves. He can do the impossible. And he can do it through us, through you, and through me. Jesus performed the miracle through the disciples. He doesn't break the bread and immediately there's hundreds of baskets of food around. He breaks the bread, gives it to the disciples, and as they distribute it, the bread multiplies. And Jesus' provision is so great that there are leftovers. Verse 43, and they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and fish. 12 is significant. It's the number of the tribes of Israel intimating that Jesus provides an abundance for the Jewish people if they would receive him as Messiah. But it's also the number of disciples sending the message that there is a basket of bread from the bread of life for each of them to take out into the world. And they would. Jesus multiplied his ministry through them despite their limitations. Jesus wants to do the same through us. Look around. Our culture is in chaos. So many people are wandering through life without a shepherd or they're being misled by the wrong shepherd. Jesus wants to shepherd them through us. 
we need to imitate him. And here's a checklist to see how we're doing. Do we have compassion for those who are lost? Those who are lost without a shepherd? Or do we harden ourselves to those who are following a different shepherd? Do we allow Jesus to set his agenda for our lives and the lives of those we are shepherding? Or is our plan better than his? Do we help bear the burden of others or do we send them away to fend for themselves? Do we realize our inadequacy or do we think we're personally capable of doing God's supernatural work? That the conversion of a person depends on us and not the Holy Spirit? Do we believe that Jesus will work through us in the gifts that he has given us? Or do we sideline ourselves making the excuse that we're, we're inadequate or not gifted enough? Do we bring the bread of life to others? What's this bread? It's all that Jesus provides through his death and resurrection. In our passage, the disciples distribute literal bread. But Mark wants us to see more. He wants us to see it as symbolic, as a spiritual bread that Jesus provides through his broken body. Mark indicates this in the parallel between what Jesus said when he fed the 5,000 and what he says at the Passover meal just before he's arrested. In Mark 6.41, we read, Taking the five loaves, the two fish, he looked up to heaven. He said a blessing, broke the loaves, gave them to disciples to set before the people. They divided the two fish among them all. Mark 14.22, the upper room, Jesus took the bread. After blessing it, he broke it and gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. Jesus gave his life so that we will not want. We can live the abundant life with every physical, emotional, and spiritual need fulfilled in him. He died so that he can make us all lie down in green pastures of his sovereign, loving, all-wise plan. So that we could have our innermost thirsts quenched by the still waters of his spirit. So that he could restore our broken souls through forgiveness and new birth. And so that he would lead us in paths of righteousness through his words and his empowerment. All to the glory of God. We are to bring the bread of life to the world. Before we do this, we must ourselves eat of that bread of life. We must place our faith in Jesus Christ and trust him to be our leader. We must experience the blessings of Psalm 23 provided by the Good Shepherd. That will fill us so that we can bring that bread to others. And it all begins when we can truly declare, the Lord is my shepherd. Let's pray. Our Father.
we thank you and praise you for what Jesus has done for us. We can't fathom the compassion of Jesus being in heaven with you, O Father, looking down on a chaotic, broken world, having a broken heart, reflecting your heart as well. And you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son. Jesus so loved us that he demonstrated that love that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lord, may we trust in him, not only for our salvation, but for everything in life. And may we bring it to our neighbors and our world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.